coming up on the exciting season two finale of That Was a Show. Bryn, Aaron, and Barry celebrate the end of an incredible second season of That Was a Show. They watch and review three very successful sitcoms from the 90s that may or may not be forgotten today. And you'll have to listen to find out which ones. They also present the second annual Twuzzies Awards to some of the shows and characters discovered over the past year, including the Baddest Badaptation Award, the Best Betty White Award, the Schlubbiest Dad, and of course, the highly prestigious Hunkiest Deadbeat Award. Stay tuned. <laughs> we grew up during peak sitcom, Seinfeld, Friends, The Fresh Prince, but those shows were diamonds in the rough. This podcast is not about those diamonds. It's about the rough. Some sitcoms were briefly popular in their time. Some were canceled almost immediately. You probably won't recognize most of these, and you'll ask, that was a show? That was a show? The podcast about failed or forgotten sitcoms from the 80s and 90s, starring... Bryn Burney, Aaron Yeager, and Andrew Helmer as Barry. A Radio Gizmo production. <laughs> Let's hit it. Hello, wonderful listeners. Welcome to our grand finale of season two. This is Bryn, and I'm here, as always, with my co-hosts, Barry and Aaron. Hello. We are here together in studio, and welcome, Barry. Thank you for joining us in person. I feel like it's weird to be like, thanks so much for having me on my own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's really good to be here in person with you guys. This is the first uh, in-person recording we've had since God knows when. <laughs> if I'm closer, you can hear all my breathing. <laughs> Whenever I get closer, you I can hear every breath that I take. That's okay. Yeah, and every, every move breath that you I, take, and every move that I make. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be watching. You. I know you will. Oh, You'll be watching creepy. my levels. Or yeah, uh, yeah exactly. <laughs> That's what that song is really about. <laughs> it's really about. It's not nearly as creepy no. as people thought it was. No, no, no. It's about studio levels. Yeah. It's about <laughs> okay, you audio engineering. That. You gotta leave that in. That's We're leaving good. all of this in. Yeah, yeah. It's it's going on the it's going in the cast. <laughs> going in the cast. Well. So, Here we are. I don't know. What do you guys think? Can you believe that we finished a whole other season? Um, so I was looking online and it looks like the first episode of season two was May of 2021. <laughs> I think so well, I, I think we released it in June. In we might have I think we recorded it in May and released it in June. Yeah. Well, but... that didn't make it any that only yeah. makes it like marginally yeah, less. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, this was an especially long season, you know, like lots of hours of sitcom viewings. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was not short. It took us a while to get where we are now, but I'm, 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 I'm happy we are. Like, I, I think we kind of like as our second season rolled out, the world opened up a little more, so it became more difficult to sort of be as on track as we were with season one. 
Yeah, our, our various actual jobs got yeah. busier. Yeah, yeah. I, I became a bit more of a free-ranged berry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but we're so glad that, you know, so many of you continued to listen because I think, you know, we've got, even though our scheduling may not have been as great, I think we've gotten pretty damn good at putting this thing together, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think <laughs> I, 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 I didn't see this in your notes. So sorry if I'm ex- stepping on this, but I, I think it's also exciting to say that uh, this is the 50th episode. Yes. Of the yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. I'm I'm happy that we've we've you know made it this far. Yeah. So from basically bad adaptations and spinoffs to countless mentions of one Miss Phoebe Buffay, uh, you know we're thrilled that you've all joined us for this ride every two weeks or every month or however however often we've managed to do this. So. You know, let's get into it. Let's get into this uh, this finale. Yeah, we're we're halfway to syndication. <laughs> that's, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> we're about a season away from adding in like a a cousin character. <laughs> <laughs> There's no cousin Oliver is allowed. Yeah. All right. Let's get into it. So so yeah, what are we watching this week, guys? As you know, this podcast is about failed or forgotten sitcoms from the 80s and 90s. But we also frequently talk about some other sitcoms from that period that, while not hugely popular today, were actually very successful at their time and simply too well known to be part of our official canon. So today we're going to do something a little different and watch and talk about three of these successful shows and shows that, you know, maybe have come up in a lot of our conversations before. All right. So with that in mind, what's the first show that we watched? So our very first show is going to be Wings. And I'll tee up a little bit of info about the show before we watch it all together. Wings is an NBC sitcom that ran for eight seasons from 1990 to 1997. It's set at a fictional airport on the island of Nantucket, which is south of Cape Cod in Massachusetts, a place I can only assume is brimming with chowder. Chowder. (laughs) The show is about people who work at this little airport, including the brothers slash pilots, Joe and Brian Hackett, played by Tim Daly and Steven Weber, who own Sandpiper Air. Crystal Bernard plays Helen, their friend since childhood, and Joe's wife, who ran the lunch counter at the airport. And I'm not going to list absolutely everyone on the cast, but I'd rather cut to the chase with the two biggest breakout characters which include Lowell the Mechanic, played by Thomas Hayden Church, who we talked about recently for our episode about the show, which was something like Tom and Marcy. (laughs) You know it's Ned and Stacy. Frank and Cindy. It's Ned and Stacy, you fool. Whatever. So he's in the show. And, uh, (laughs) And last but most certainly not least, Tony Shalhoub as the taxi driver Antonio. Wings was created by the same team behind Cheers and later Frasier, and actually exists in the same fictional universe with the occasional crossover. When I was a kid, it seemed to be on in syndication absolutely all the time. Anytime I turned on the TV, I'd happen upon Wings, but I actually have not watched it at all since. So for a show that made it 172 episodes, it has largely disappeared off the radar. That's an aviation joke. Okay, folks. <laughs> but I think it is worth reconsideration. So let's give it a watch. <laughs> let's okay. do it. Okay. 
There better be some shaloub in this. I don't think there is because he's the pilot. Ugh. Yeah, because he's in later. So that was the Wings pilot. <laughs> it sure was. Wungs. <laughs> um, yeah, so, I mean, I would say a lot of it fell kind of flat for me, but it did okay for a pilot. And the funny bits were genuinely funny. Yeah. It was... It was cute. It had it had enough going for it that like, I mean, it ended on a cliffhanger, which for a pilot, I mean, if we weren't busy, I would want to watch more. Because, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. you, yeah, you want to find out how so it was resolved. I can see how that could, you know, that would have worked on audiences then, too, because it was yeah. just good enough yeah. that you were like, OK, I'll see you next week. And then yeah. all you, you really just got to do that. You know, I would have liked going. for it to end on the high note of that gag, though. Was like, gag. That was yeah. that was the funniest part of the whole episode. Yeah. yeah. So real brief for our audience here. The plot is very simple. You know, they establish all the characters. The two main characters are these two brothers. They're both pilots. And it turns out that both of them had relationships in the past with the same woman, one after the other. And one of them is still very much hung up on her and he's trying to win her back. And he, he sees this opportunity where she's got a connecting flight nearby in Boston. So he figures if he manages to hightail it over from Nantucket to Boston, he can meet up with her mm -hmm. in the like four hours that she's there and somehow win her back. And uh, yeah. Yeah. So he, he agrees to meet her on top of the Prudential building in Boston. And uh, she does not show up. Uh, naturally, but she does send a cab driver in her place who is just like a delightful, delightful character who just, you know, it's it's a it's a gag I've seen on many occasions, including yeah. including very funny on on Seinfeld on one occasion where somebody sends somebody. Yeah. You know, it's it, you know, it's a little stupid because it's, you know, the joke of it is it's just, you know, two men talking. So it's a little bit of an old fashioned joke. Yeah. But like the deadpan delivery of like this, this cab driver letting Steven Weber's character down gently yeah. and delivering saying, like, the message you know, in character. We, had our, we yeah. had our time together. It was beautiful, but it's past. And like, <laughs> it just, it's the kind of joke that, yeah, like describing it, I'm like, yeah, super lazy. But the actor yeah. just sells the hell out of it. Yeah, he's very funny. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's not a new joke. It's not an especially innovative joke. But that might have been the best rendition of that type of performance that I've, yeah. that I've seen. Yeah. That guy nailed it. Luth that cab driver nailed it. Luther Talbot. Remem <laughs> remember me fondly. Yeah, yeah. he says that too. <laughs> it's, yeah, it, it, was, it was cute. I mean, I like overall, I was like not that like engaged like i was like ah you know like this is the kind of thing that could play in the background yeah yeah it was but you know it was like i feel like i remember watching wings as a kid and i feel like i enjoyed it back then um but like it would be one of those shows that i wouldn't have to watch every week it would just be like yeah. uh, you'd catch it occasionally you could dip in and out of this and yeah. not feel like you need to keep up with yeah, it yeah yeah I mean, like, I think, like you said, Barry hit the nail on the head when we were watching it, that it feels a lot like Cheers in an airport. It's Cheers in an airport. Yeah. It's yeah. exactly yeah. Cheers in an airport. Similar to, like, John Larroquette's show, as you guys, like, mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. yeah which was darker, but also kind of Cheers in a bus station. Cheers in a bus yeah. station. Um, what I will say, though, is um, 
knowing now that these are the creators behind Cheers yeah. and later Frasier, the comedy banter feel the 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 way that like the dynamic between the characters yeah feels of the cheers world but what's interesting is the way it's shot feels like a proto fraser yeah the, i can uh, see that a the camera mm. compositions and the 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 pacing of it started to feel like it's kind of starting to, well, to veer into the 90s into, we're yeah. moving into the 90s yeah. now yeah. so you know yeah kind of like slight that's slightly more innovative lighting and camera work that you start to get in the 90s compared mm -hmm. to the 80s it's starting to test those waters yeah but like i was saying like i watching it it made me a little nostalgic for the kind of sitcom that aired a lot more the, the cheers type like the this is a stage play we all hang yeah. out in the same in the same thing and bounce off each other like that kind of stuff i i didn't realize you know we there really isn't any of that on tv anymore yeah right like it's also like I would say the best use of uh, of three camera sitcoms if you're is if you're going to do about this something where the performances of people actually interacting with each other live like that really do pay off. Right. Whereas like, you know, most like Seinfeld doesn't need to be three camera and Friends doesn't need to be three camera. Like you could do all of those as single camera shows and not really miss anything. But this kind of thing, like, you know, and the same with Cheers, like Cheers is great. Because it's all of these actors all on a, all on a set together, like yeah. at, throughout this whole pilot, there's 20 mm -hmm. people in this room at all times. Yeah, and yeah. I know that they shoot multiple takes sometimes in shows of like course, this. Yeah, but when you're watching it, it truly kind of feels like it's happening in real time. Yeah, like it really feels like the 23 minutes that this yeah. lasted took 23 so minutes many, to yeah. shoot. <laughs> so many, so many, so many of these episodes were bottle episodes before that was a thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because that was just what the show was. Yeah. And, and that's fun. That's fun, you know? Yeah. I mean, this whole thing, mostly it's in one set, which is like the main room of this uh, mm -hmm. airport. There's a little bit that's kind of in an airplane hangar with the mechanic working on the plane. It was a nice touch that they actually had a real plane. And I, uh, so I, I did a bit of research on the show and they had a particular hero plane that they used as a prop, fully functional plane. Apparently, there are episodes where it flies and they have a real pilot fly the plane. Oh, wow. Like, it's a really a functional mm -hmm. thing. And that plane, at least at the time that this was written, like, that the research yeah. on Wikipedia was written, that plane had been then, like, resold after the show and is still in operation. Oh, that's like so interesting. Like, someone owns and flies that <laughs> same I, I plane. I pl the plane from Wings. Yeah. That'd be and like fun. You know, uh, no, and everybody's like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, it adds, to, you know, it adds to the realism yeah. of it. I mean, I always like little touches like that. Like I think back on like, you know, like Scrubs shot in a closed down hospital and like mm -hmm. it pays off for the realism of the show. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a lot of like background chatter and sound design. Mm -hmm. And there were a lot of background actors to populate the, the space at the airport. And they weren't doing that stupid thing that I was complaining about in the show maybe this time where it's like they're all paying attention yeah, to the main characters. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Everyone's just going about they're their going business. They're going about their business. Like, it, yeah. it Which felt is, more real. Yeah, what people do in life. <laughs> like in Cheers, when there'd be people in the back of the bar just drinking and they're not in on the gag. Yeah. They're just in, at a table drinking. Yeah, it's, it's sort of an interesting thing like these types of sitcoms where it's a work, technically it's like a workplace comedy 
Yeah. But it's not an office. It's a place yeah. where random people are going to be, where it's like a public space. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like it's more of a public space than like a private like office. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's kind of it it it's sort of a smart uh thing for people to you know, right, because it opens the door for like lots of potential, um, you know, it's not so, it's not like a bottle, you know, with like shows like The Office and things like that, you're kind of limited to the people that are there. Whereas if you set it in an airport or if you set it in a bar, there's like lots of room for like random hijinks Rand- yeah, from people that random come through the door and yeah. who's this person guest stars yeah, and yeah. stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, it, it feels like the kind of show that I could have on in the background and yeah. yeah. So you know, yeah. I feel like yeah, it's it's interesting that you know there isn't a lot of you know it doesn't show up on a lot of streaming services because yeah, yeah it would be a pretty easy. Yeah, no one's talking about Wings. Nobody's like they, talking about yeah. Wings. Eight seasons. Yeah, eight seasons, and you know, it's not one you of know. those shows. It's not like a Seinfeld. It's not like a Friends. It's no. like it just, it's just kind of there. And and it wasn't then either. Like it yeah. was always on. It always did fine, but it was never yeah. like a darling. Yeah, it was never like the must see TV yeah. like water was, cooler show. I think it was part of must see TV or was it? Well, I don't I'm, know. I'm not yeah. talking about the brand. I'm talking <laughs> about the, the concept. Like whatever it actually was. Yeah, it, it was yeah. never the show where you were like, hey, wa- did, you, did yeah. you guys catch wings last night? And yeah. start talking about the yeah, plot. No, like, it wasn't a water cooler sort of, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, so this doesn't yeah. have, you know, so, you know, for people out there who don't know, who don't know the show, like, you know, this was airing at the exact same time as Friends, as Seinfeld, as Frasier, as Will and Grace. Mm-hmm. All of these shows are things that did have a lot of cultural cachet, Yeah, where this one ran just as long as any of them and does not really have any relevance to yeah. it. So I guess we could definitely put it safely in the forgotten category, you know? Yeah, I, I think... It's not failed. It yeah, is yeah. forgotten, though. And, and I, I would say that for all three of the shows that we have selected, I think an argument could be made for forgotten. Yeah, I, mean, I think we, so, too. All of the shows are shows that people know exist, but don't really have much... Yeah. Like, it, it, it's not going to come up mm-hmm. unless mm-hmm. you host a podcast about sitcoms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, who would do that? Yeah. Who would uh, <laughs> create a yeah. sitcom podcast? But again, like what's funny to me about this is watching it, it absolutely feels like it slots in between yeah. Cheers and Frasier. Yeah. yeah. Like as a creative process in the evolution of sitcom style, yeah. mm-hmm. you can see it as a perfect puzzle piece slotting in between those two shows. But yeah. A, a, a good point is, yeah, I, I would also, yeah. Yep, I would watch this. I would have this on in the background. This is a fine background show. Because you can tell, like, it's a pilot, and pilots are usually kind of rough, and they're getting the kinks out. You can tell that this cast uh, could do more. Yeah. So, like, I feel like a lot of the roughness of it are things that would be solved just, you know, 12 episodes Mm -hmm. later. I have, like, the most random memories of this show. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember little moments. Like, I remember an episode where... They were going to go see the play Rent on Broadway. Okay. Because it was like, you know, right in the middle of the that epic run where Rent was like the biggest show on Broadway and they were supposed to go see it. And the character, Crystal Bernard's character there, what's her name? Uh, Helen. Is it Helen? 
She looks like a Helen. <laughs> anyway, she really wants to go see it. She's dying to go see it. And they I think they miss it. There's some reason that they like there's some problem with them getting to go see the 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 like rent. And uh, there's another there's another episode where they're um you know they're they're renovating or something, and then again, the Helen characters hair is all like it starts off as this very neat French braid because that is was the the hot hairstyle at the time. And by the end, it's all out and frizzy and is like out of control. So it's like I have weird memories of that particular actor because she just had such like distinctive 90s hair that that's like the biggest mm. thing that I I remember. It's just and then their clothes like I mean, just watching now, I felt so distracted by the pleats in Tim Daly's pants. Like yeah. it was very, <laughs> you know. Timothy Daly. Timothy Daly, mm. yeah, not Tim Daly. Excuse me. He lost the Uffy at some point. Yeah, <laughs> but then I also remember there's an episode where they go to their childhood family home and I don't remember the context. I don't know anything. I just remember an extended scene where they're talking about a window seat and like there's like all this like importance of this like window seat. Hmm. So it's kind of strange. Now I feel like weirdly compelled to like rewatch a bunch of these right? episodes huh. to like find those specific weird memories and like get the context. The the biggest thing I can remember from it is just the existence of Thomas Hayden Church. Yeah, yeah. And and that mechanic his character, character. Yeah. And then eventually Tony Shalhoub's character yeah. was All very I, yeah, distinct, like, distinctive. I, I didn't watch much of it, but I remember <laughs> Steven Weber because like he was an actor like he has such an uh, a unique energy that I've always liked mm -hmm. Stephen Weber. Yeah, and, like honestly, no matter what he's in, I usually I don't know why, but the thing that I always go back to remembering him in is um he was in the ABC or NBC I can't remember who did it. Uh, they did uh, a mini series version of The Shining. The Shining, yeah. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, they I remember that. And they filmed it in the hotel that the Overlook was based on, the one in, yeah. in Maine or that whatever. That was the one that ah. was like. Truer to the novel. Closer. Closer the, the to book. the novel. Yeah. yeah. Closer yeah. to the novel. And Stephen Weber plays Jack Torrance. He and does, It's yeah. an interesting performance. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And Tim Daly was Superman, as as I always remember. He's, yeah. he's the, as, as Kevin Conroy is to Batman nerds, what the voice of Batman sounds like, Tim Daly is what Superman's voice sounds like. Oh. Yeah. I, um... I just remember when the movie Sideways came out thinking, yeah. hey, it's the guy from Wings. <laughs> that's what we all said. Yeah, that's it's that's that guy literally from Wings. what we all said. Yeah. And wow, the guy from Wings is a good drama actor. <laughs> He's fucking hilarious in that, though. Yeah. He is, but like genuine, like sincere. Yeah. It's interesting. Oh, yeah. I could watch that. All right. Is all this right. enough about Wings? It's, I think I think it's enough, enough about, about Wings. wings. <laughs> We're okay. done. We're done with you, Wings. So what are we doing now? All right, so let's fly off to the next show. Meh, meh. Fuck. Okay, so uh, we'll move on to my pick, the Brim pick. And, All right. I mean, you guys know what I picked. I picked, uh, you know, none other than Mad About You, since we've mentioned it uh, many times. And, and who, who is in Mad About You? <laughs> Well, one of the characters and the reason why uh, I've chosen Mad About You is because of one Miss Ursula Buffet, played by um, our favorite uh, Lisa Kudrow. But she's legitimately our favorite. Like the other things that I was just, I was uh, using some heavy sarcasm earlier, but no, legitimately Lisa Kudrow is one of our favorites. Uh, 
But yeah, I chose Mad About You because you guys would always get annoyed with me when I would bring <laughs> it up in Six Degrees of Friends. So I thought, why not like get you even more annoyed by making us cover it? Um, I'll just briefly remind everyone out there what Mad About You is about. Uh, it's really actually not about much, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> um, so Mad About You aired for eight seasons on NBC from 1992 to 1999. It was created by Danny Jacobson and Paul Reiser. It starred Paul Reiser and Helen Hunt as Paul and Jamie Buckman, a middle-class New York couple. Uh, the show isn't really uh, about anything except for Paul and Jamie making a go of it at what us many of us millennials call adulting. Uh, and they're really quippy while they do it. So that's pretty much it. Um, Ursula Buffet um, is a server at Riff's Restaurant, which is like a local restaurant that the Buckmans frequent. So that's kind of how she's a reoccurring character. Like she's kind of often pops in and out of episodes. Um, like the character's sister, Phoebe, Ursula is a bit on the eccentric side and spacey. Um, but, you know, unlike Phoebe, Phoebe is like very bohemian. And, you know, as many remember, she has like a very distinctive personal style. Like she's kind of like what we call like a boho kind of style with like kind of bright colors and unique outfits. Ursula is very low key and Ursula is often in all black. And um, there's tons of crossover between Mad About You and Friends because it's in the same uh, universe, much like we just mentioned with Wings. Wings is in the same sort of TV universe as um, Cheers and Frasier. Friends and Mad About You have the same connection. So there were lots of like silly gags where, you know, I think there was an episode of Friends where Paul and Jamie Buckman uh, end up at Central Perk and they run into Phoebe and there's a misunderstanding because they think it's Ursula and then Phoebe's like acting like put off because she doesn't know who they are and they're like, you know, like, what's wrong with her? Why is she acting like she doesn't know us? And, you know, like, it's like, haha, you know, it's like, but clearly, like, she could have just mentioned that's like my twin um, <laughs> <laughs> because it's an obvious reason why yeah. someone would, you know, yeah, but Phoebe. But but Phoebe is Phoebe, also yeah. a space cadet, like you know, like Ursula. So yeah, so there's crossover. I think there might have been like Phoebe might have shown up at in Mad About You as well. Interesting thing is that Ursula came before Phoebe. Well, I mean, really, the whole thing is just them explaining why this actress is on it, a who, yeah. who is already on another sitcom but I found on NBC. It, yeah, yeah, but I found it interesting that like they made them sis like they made them sisters like they made them buffet and buffet like because they they actually like use the same last name and everything yeah and uh yeah so without further ado let's uh let's give it a watch NBC yeah. NBC loved doing that because there's, al there's also yeah. a reference to Kramer having subletted from Paul yeah oh that's funny yeah they yeah. don't appear in Seinfeld but there's a Kramer appearance in in uh because he actually appears there i think i think so like yeah. super briefly yeah. but yeah. yeah all right let's give it a watch here we go all right so mad about you ursula buffet yeah boom that done that was pretty much the perfect episode to watch uh because 
We chose an episode from season five of Mad About You. It was uh, episode 21 (laughs) from season five. And basically, Jamie and Paul are expecting their first child. They're trying to choose a, a guardian for their child in case anything were to ever happen to them. And, you know, there's like this kind of like the That's the a plot of the episode. And basically, they're having a hard time having anyone in their lives commit to it. And there's, you know, a lot of the time is spent at riffs uh, where they basically bring their loved ones to to like get them to commit. Where they take all the meetings. Yeah, Yeah. they take all the (laughs) meetings for this like big guardianship question. And the fun thing is when they arrive at riffs, the first scene at riffs, um, Ursula is there. And the implication is that she hasn't been around much. In In a long time. Yeah, because at this point. Friends has been running for a long time, so clearly Elisa Kudrow wouldn't have had time to guest star on Mad About You uh, that much. So it's kind of like, oh, like it's like a big reveal when she turns around that she's there. There's a, there's a good little joke of like yeah. what, where they're basically asking what happened to her. And she says she uh, she what was it like she she. She got kicked out of her apartment, apartment which has nothing to do with her job. And then they're like, you know, where are you? Where are you? Where are you staying? And she's like, oh, with friends. Yeah. So it's like, "Ah, ah." Ah. so, yeah. So it's it's kind of funny because like Ursula is just, you know, very spacey and like keeps having these like awkward moments with them because they're trying to like get more information from her and she's just like giving them like one word answers and it's just like very like awkward and she also doesn't remember them at all even though she used to they were like regular um customers for like the earlier seasons and she obviously should know who they are and she like completely has no idea who they are and yeah, so it's funny. And then she gives them the wrong orders, like the the usual kind of like ditzy wait- waitress jokes uh, that you see in a lot of sitcoms. But it, I don't know. It's quite funny the way she pulls she pulls that kind of uh, those kind of bits off like no one else. <laughs> yeah, I was laughing Basically. quite a lot in the first scene. Yeah, and I really liked the the tone they hit with these performances. And when I think of this show. This was the show when I was a kid that my parents were always watching and I never watched. Like I'd catch a minute or two here and there, but I never really sat down and watched it deliberately. It it is so low concept. It's literally just about a couple living in New York, but the the fun bits about it come from just the funny writing and it's character driven. And okay, so we got to talk about the B plot of the episode, which is the funniest part about it. Um, essentially, Jamie is very pregnant. She's like about to pop and she's at, uh, it's the episode starts with her at one of her friends places and there's the younger brother of one of her friends at the same party and they're watching, uh, Casablanca. Uh, Seth Green. Seth Green plays the younger brother who's supposed to be only about 18 or 19 or something like that. And he is smitten with Jamie. He's like obsessed with her. He's Gaga. like, mm-hmm. like what? And, and it does get creepy. It definitely gets into creepy territory. But Jamie sort of finds it very amusing yeah, and like flattering. She, she's nine months pregnant, yeah. so the whole joke is that she's just so like, like ha- happy yeah. to get the yeah, attention. She's like, still got it. Yeah, yeah still got it. I'm still a babe, is what she keeps saying over <laughs> yeah. and over. 
And uh, yeah, so he's giving her a lot of attention and then he starts sending gifts over to their apartment. He knows that she's married, but he doesn't care. He keeps sending her these like Casablanca themed uh, gifts. Uh, one being like a cardboard cutout of him, of Seth Green, dressed up like uh, Humphrey Bogart's character in <laughs> Casablanca with a talking bubble. What does a talking bubble say? Do you guys remember? Oh, it just says like you, you, you. You belong with yeah, me or yeah. whatever. And then <laughs> in the final scene, they like, you know, Jamie and Paul are just out and about. They had just met up with Paul's sister and Paul's sister's partner. And they just got rejected by them as like a guardian, uh, like as like a potential guardian. So they're feeling pretty terrible. And they're about to get back to their apartment. And there's this elaborate setup with um, like an orchestra, an or- yeah, like a bandstand, yeah, like, like a, a whole band. And there's a crowd that has formed because of the. Oh, it's New York. You know, yeah. it's New York. So everyone's crowding around to see what's going it's on. And in the middle. It's a fully populated New York street. There's <laughs> yeah. like 75 people yeah, and there. And in the middle of the orchestra is uh, the Seth Green character uh, at a piano. White tuxedo. In a white tuxedo. And, <laughs> <laughs> and he's singing as time goes by. And then- <laughs> he, he's like serenades Jamie with this backing band yeah. and she like she's like all right she's ha- finally had enough of his advances and Paul Be- is so unbothered by yeah, the whole Paul thing Paul does yeah. not care at all he thinks it's kind of funny you know the he's- best part of this episode is that he's not even the slightest whiff of jealous over yeah, this he does not care <laughs> he's barely batting an eye he's just yeah. bem- bemused yeah, yeah. <laughs> And like, <laughs> there's this. She's she finally lets it, like completely like lets him down. She's like, look, I, this is never gonna happen. You need to yeah. give it up. And then he's like, okay. And he kind of like, and then he like looks around at this like group of people he's assembled to do this elaborate like gesture gesture. And he's like, oh, this was really expensive. <laughs> but the way he says it, yeah, it's the so delivery is, yeah. per- is yeah. perfect. And, like, and the whole rest of the scene as they're having their conversation in yeah. the foreground, you just see the band packing up yeah. behind them, like legitimately putting instruments back in cases. And just- yeah, it's a, it's a very fun. <laughs> it's a very funny bit. Yeah, it it was. Yeah, it was. They took that bit as far as they possibly could. And yeah. I was like, I was like, I don't remember this show taking bits yeah. that far and being that funny. Like, I remember this as the show and this could be colored by that joke from Seinfeld, the whole joke that it's like, oh, like. Married couples that have yeah. settled down and, you know, like they watch Mad About You and that's not something you want to do if you're a cool person. And George, I'm like, are you coming to bed? I taped Mad About You. <laughs> I like how your Susan impression is like. It sounds it's not like, great. like hey, Estelle oh, Costanza. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, Su- it's I'm Su- Susan over here. Yeah, it's, more just, it's, it's more just a New Yorker yeah. impression. Um, uh, but she totally didn't have, she was no, waspy, so I know. she didn't have that accent. Whatever. I, the point is, <laughs> the point is that I always found that scene yeah. hilarious. It is. And it even is a as hilarious a, scene even as in a Seinfeld, kid, yeah. Like, as a 14-year-old, I found that scene hilarious. 
because my parents watched Mad About You and I could never relate to wanting yeah, to watch it. Yeah. But, but watching, it, watching now, it now, it's like, I'm like, oh, it was quite funny. You know what? Cut to, I kind of want to watch this show. Cut to <laughs> two white people married in their 30s. And uh, yeah, I guess you guys. Yeah. yeah now, 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 now that we're fit the we're, demographics. We're, we're the right demographic yeah. now, yeah. I guess. We're, we're, yeah. we're in we're our. City people, our, a married couple. We're in our mid, late, mid 30s. Living married in a downtown apartment, and now yeah. I really want to watch Mad About You. Yeah. At first, I thought you. Stu- I I I didn't realize you were just stumbling over that, but I thought you were claiming that you were in your mid late mid thirties. I, I was just like, oh my god, what does that mean? No, I. Uh, it was <laughs> deliberate. It was mid late mid. It wasn't mid, a stumble. No. I'm deliberately covering for how late into the thirties that I actually am. <laughs> He's on the edge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you claim mid on you. <laughs> no, I know. But yeah, this this show was funny. And obviously we're watching uh, a late fifth season episode, which yes. is when good sitcoms really have clearly hit their stride and they're firing on yeah. a thousand cylinders. So And they have money to you know, spend. And they, they have, have the money. Yeah, they have money to burn. With yeah. that, that whole setup. Like, I think half that joke was like, he, oh, this was so expensive. It's yeah. like, it, it's also a joke that that bit was so expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, <laughs> this is so- all the background actors. Yeah. They actually the shot location. Yeah, 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 yeah crazy. Yeah. So, at some point, I am going to try watching this show from yeah. the beginning. And yeah. I'm very curious to see how long it took them to get to this yeah. level of polish. Because obviously, this is like saying, I've never watched Seinfeld before. I'm going to jump in on the mar- the marble rye. Like, obviously, if you start yeah. at a point when it's at its yeah. peak, then you're going to get a certain impression. Well, it's but, interesting because some shows yeah. don't like a show like Friends starts pretty much firing. It starts firing right out of the gate. Right. Uh, whereas Seinfeld is great in the mm-hmm. early, but it does take its time. Like, it mm-hmm. did need polish before it caught on. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. The Seinfeld that most people think about yeah, 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 when yeah. they think about Seinfeld is, like, seasons four to seven, basically. Yeah. Whereas, like, you now as Seinfeld fans, you, you can go back and watch them. And, you know, I very much like the early episodes. But, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. When you're a solid the fan. Ain't there. Yeah. yeah, when you're a solid fan, you appreciate all of it. But yeah, I mean, I think that's now like going, you know, we can't go back in time, but like I think that's probably what I would have chosen to do with Wings as well. Like there's no reason for us to come in on a on a on a on a pilot. <laughs> of yeah. A, oh god, a pilot of a pilot show. Um, <laughs> so do you yeah. think that joke ever happened in their production phase of that show? So we're shooting the pilot. Starring a couple of pilots. Yeah, I, I get. Yeah, I'm sure it did. I'm sure it did. I'm sure you got thrown right out of the writer's room. Yeah, for, for even bringing it up. Yeah. Um, um, so what do we think? Do you think uh, this can somehow be in the Twas canon? Like, I don't think it's definitely not failed. No, they made a reboot. It was so certainly not. not forgot- it was not certainly forgotten. not failed. I would argue. Maybe no, it's but I'm forgotten by is, our age group. And and people know? below us do not know what it is. Right. So, so it's it's adjacent. Yeah. I think the main reason that it's sort of in the canon is because of the funny yeah, the Ursula. Ursula buffet of it all. Yeah. 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 But I mean, the question really is, how would it hold up against other similar pedigree shows of the time in terms of rewatchability? Like in a in a vacuum, if you did I, a yeah. if you did a scientific experiment, if you basically like, you know, dropped this. Yeah. And a bunch of other shows onto Netflix. 
and had a bunch of younger millennials and Gen Z people stream it for the first time and see which shows they kind of latched on to. I'd be just very curious if you did like a proper A-B test, like a scientific test. This versus like yeah. Mad About You versus Wings versus Frasier versus Cheers, like all of these sort of Gen X hangout shows. Yeah. Just which ones would actually do well today? See, I think one of the reasons why Friends is one of the ones that do, that did take off in streaming is is the same reason like The Office took off streaming as well. There's romantic angst mm. and there are like, whereas mm-hmm. Mad About You is not going to scratch that itch. Right. Yeah. They're a happily the married, married yeah, yeah. couple. So that's, uh, yeah. And none of these, sh- like, Cheers Mike. Cheers Mike. You know, there's, yeah. there was a lot of will they, won't they on Cheers, right? Yeah. Right. So. Uh, yeah, who knows? I mean, it's definitely rewatchable, but I think the thing is like we would never think to rewatch it. You know exactly. what I mean? Unless we had to. Like this was like the, our reason to watch it was because yeah. we've talked about it so much. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I don't think we would ever set out to like, you know, we would binge not have, it, we would not you know? have, but now, now I'm going to try. Now I'm going to try. I yeah. agree. I agree. Now that I'm the perfect <laughs> target demo for Mad About You, I'm going to try. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mad About Shoe. What is that from again? That's it's, from The Simpsons. I couldn't remember. Oh, oh my God. fuck. It's the Krusty on SNL, right? Yeah. Krusty <laughs> pitches a sketch called Mad About Shoe. Yeah. All right. All right. So let's move, uh, on. let's move on to our third show, Barry. All right. So for the third one, I mean, I went with one that I have always considered to be a bad show. It is a show <laughs> that I know was terrible. And it always, you know, sorry for people out there who, who are big fans of it. But it was on for so effing long that even... At that time, I was baffled by it. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. It is not because of the pedigree behind the show, because the cast and crew of this show are very good. I chose Just Shoot Me, which <laughs> was, uh, you know, it was created by a, an absolute powerhouse of a sitcom creator, Steve Leviton. Um, it was a detailed the daily lives of the staff of a popular fashion magazine. Uh, it it lasted a staggering seven seasons, mm-hmm. uh, and I think the reason why it did is because its cast, you know, included uh, some real like comedic, just some real comedic heavy hitters. Right? You had Enrico Colantoni, Wendy Malick, David Spade, Laura Sangiacomo, and George Siegel. And like this show was always on. Yeah, mm-hmm. the syndication deals this show had were like just. Wild. I'm yeah. so, I'm so shocked that you found it to be so terrible because I actually really liked Just Shoot Me. Oh my god! One of my I was a fan. Oh wow! Yeah. Ooh, this is exciting. I saw plenty Tension. of it. I saw yeah. plenty of it. Um. So that's not to say that I. Yeah, I guess I did. I did hate it. Um. But I also watched enough of it because, as we've said before, it was it on was TV. On TV. <laughs> um. Okay. So my hot take, which yeah. will not surprise you in the slightest. You hated it. You liked it. I have never seen it. Sounds about Perfect. right. I am completely neutral and indifferent at this stage. Yeah. What we're about to do will be like, I agree, like I was aware of it. I saw it in syndication all the time. I saw the logo, the yeah. opening credits, yeah. but I never sat down and watched an episode. Today will be the first time oh I actually watched oh a full episode uh, of Just Shoot Me. And I guess the reason behind us choosing it is like, I feel like we've never talked about it. So that was kind of the joke, right? Yeah. That 
we like we've talked about the other two shows like we've mentioned them but we haven't mentioned just shoot me but i feel like as friends we've talked about just shoot me so it's time we uh for me the reason explored it a little bit the reason why i chose the show specifically was this show feels every bit in line with a twas it uh, does. Show. Yeah, Except I agree. I would agree with that. It lasted for seven seasons. Yeah. So, yeah. This is a okay. show that, like, I, I found, like, it was really interesting that despite its syndication deals, despite it running for seven seasons, it was nominated, you know, it was nominated for Emmys and stuff like that. This show has no cultural significance whatsoever yeah nobody remembers nobody it talks about nobody talks show. about it it, <laughs> is, it it could go in the forgotten category for sure yeah and i i do find it funny that and as i was going through some of these things i was like there is a lot of shows from the 90s that lasted a very long time and were never mm-hmm. spoken of again yeah yeah that and is, is a good and this is one of them this is and one like, of them I, you know i think i'll probably be angling in the future to occasionally cover one of these shows because I think they have, like, I'm mad about you. I'm glad we watched it, but it's a show that didn't need us discussing it. To, That's true. To, to exist, right? Yeah. Wings is something interesting too because Wings is, again, lasted forever. Yeah. Not talked about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So these are really, uh, this is a good sampling because these are yeah. three shows that all lasted about the same amount of time as each yeah. other. Yeah. Yeah. And, not none of them are talked about, but each for a kind of different reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. N- none of them are quite that similar to each other, even though they're all no, falling no. into they're the same cla- sort of I territory. Nineties yeah. sitcoms. Yeah. I do expect some problematic things from Just Shoot Me. I well, will say that. I, I, I think, yeah, I think from David Spade, you're probably gonna yeah, get some. yeah. So let's here we go. Okay. Uh, I would like to watch season three, episode eight. Why did I choose it? It's got Mark Hamill in it. <laughs> All right. All right. So that was Just Shoot Me. It was. Yeah, it was. Uh, I take back some of my harsh comments. It was uh, (laughs) a very, it was a very amusing episode. Uh, Again, you know, pretty much thanks to like a really game cast. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, while we were watching it, like very specifically, there were moments where like George Siegel was just like killing me. Several times, like George Siegel's like de- line deliveries were great. Wendy Malick is always so funny. Yeah, like I, I, she's she's enjoyable no matter where she is. She really is. Yeah. Uh, and you know, Spade got some laughs too. It's uh, a very strong cast, and um, of course, this episode featured a cameo from Mark Hamill in an extremely self-deprecating format. That was very funny. Yeah, Mark Hamill yeah. played himself, uh, and uh, David Spade's character Dennis was an obsessive Star Wars fan who, uh, you know, he he goes too far uh, trying to get his attention in a restaurant, and Mark Hamill goes off on him and it kind of embarrasses him a little in the restaurant. And then you know the next day he shows up at at Spade's work and he wants to make it up to him and hang out with him. And he's hanging out with him so much throughout the week and he's asking him incessant questions and he's like, like it, it, at some point you start cluing in that you're like, Hamill's kind of fucking with him. Yeah. Uh, and But Mark Hamill's very, very funny. Like he has, he also yeah. had some really great line deliveries and it's like one of those things where like, I don't think Mark Hamill really ever gets to be funny. Like this is kind of the first thing I've ever seen where Mark Hamill mm-hmm. was, you know, 
he could have done a sitcom. I think. Yeah, you know? I think so too. I, think he I agree. You know, he. I mean, hell, he still can. Now that yeah. final twist joke, though, yeah. where he reveals that, yeah, he's been like, yeah, pestering this guy for a whole week, yeah. in his workplace, just in his like in his day to day life to yeah. show how annoying it is. Yeah, I I would have played the final bit of that differently because David Spade's character, his reaction is. Oh, so you're not crazy, and he slips right back into being a fanboy instead yeah, of being yeah, annoyed. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I would have played it as, so you you spent you had like an entire week of free time to devote to just proving a point to me <laughs> out of spite. You realize that this means you're even crazier than I thought. Like, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I would have played that last well, line a little no, different. But that's, I mean, that's the Spade character is like he he's a character who never learns. Right. Okay. Right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So having never seen this show before. I did laugh a fair bit. Yeah. The cast really impressed me. The pacing really impressed me. But in some ways, though, I still kind of find it forgettable. Like, it doesn't... I didn't come out of this thinking... Completely. Yeah, like, I... There's something about the setting. There's something about who the characters are, even if I like the performers. Yeah. That... I'm not craving watching more of this the way that I am with Mad About You. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting because yeah. I have like the opposite reaction. There's something about yeah, like a magazine setting that I actually like find fun. And because I know more about the show, like yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, there's mm-hmm. that dynamic and that dynamic. Like the whole thing of like, uh, like it wasn't like- Yeah, yeah, because Colin Tony and Sanjius Giacomo, Como. they have like a really- a really good. They have a will, they or won't they? Yeah, and it's a relationship. It's a, it's a pretty good one. And like the whole dynamic between her and her dad, like this is later, a little late, or not later in the series, but yeah. but the whole thing is Aaron, like with uh the Maya character and Jack, they're like they were like estranged, like mm-hmm. they were had like a bad relate father daughter relationship, and at the start of the series, she goes to work for her dad. With like out of like desperation, like I mm-hmm. think she has, she's like needs a job really bad and goes to work for her dad and they don't get along. And at this point in the series, they are getting along. So that dynamic isn't as interesting. And she is not that funny in this episode, whereas in other episodes, yeah. she has she's generally the straight man in the series. But she also has moments where she's kind of pretentious. And that's like, mm-hmm. I think like her whole thing was she was like like a poet there was something yeah, with yeah. her where she was like a serious writer like a serious yeah and yeah. then she it was like kind of she thought it was like a step down to work for a fashion magazine yeah. like she's like you know mm. so anyway so and she at the beginning tries to like change the magazine to make it something more serious and it like doesn't go anywhere but basically yeah like you're not seeing some of the more yeah. interesting dynamics. And the whole backstory with Nina is interesting because she was formerly like a supermodel and like, you know, she's gone to work for the magazine. And you see a little bit of it in this episode where she is not always taken seriously. She's sort of a consultant on the magazine. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, But Hmm. it's kind of a vanity role, you know, like where she's like, you know, she was like a, a, you know, a very successful model. But now in her, you know, like at this point in her life, she kind of is a bit of a lush and like there's like lots of jokes about her like sex life and stuff like that. And like this is again like, well, not again, because you guys didn't hear this earlier comment, but like 
there's definitely a possibility that this series is more problematic than yeah, I yeah, remember yeah. because, you know, it's like, you know. I remember uh, there being a lot of gay panic jokes. Oh, yeah. For sure, um, for sure. But it was the mid nineties. It was the mid, yeah, the, mm -hmm. like the late. I think it's like the it was like mid to late nineties. Yeah, I think it went from nine. I mean, I I think I said it earlier, but have already forgotten. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it ran anyway. 90, 90, uh, 97 to two thousand. Even even a show set in a fashion magazine has gay panic jokes. <laughs> Brutal. Well, yeah. sure. There's well, like no. There's like there's no gay characters. It, there's no gay characters. Oh, like it's bad. I mean, I'm and sorry. It, if know. there's diehard just shoot me fans out there, I'm sure there are some token gay characters. Yeah. That show up well, on the show. and you know, it's like it, it's just it's not very it's not very representative of even what it probably would be at the time. Like it's like not yeah. a diverse. Well, I will <laughs> bunch say of people. it being owned by a rich white man is pretty representative. Yeah, of, I guess so. Of, I guess you're right. Yeah. Exploits ownership wise, yeah. maybe, yeah. but like you'd think even then, yeah, like yeah. the staff would be a little different from what's being, but it's a perfect, it's a perfectly amusing show, but yeah, you're right. You're but, not getting a good flavor of like, like, they're calling it fashion, but I think it's more Cosmo. It's, it's more Cosmo. like Cosmo. It's more mm. of a like, oh, it's a sexy like women's magazine, right? Because yeah. those those little uh, close ups of the covers. It's a Cosmo. Uh, it, show it is basically Cosmo. Yeah, those are articles yeah. like Cosmo articles. So it's not. It is fashion adjacent, but it's not strictly fashion. It's okay. more of a so like I'm lifestyle sure, yeah. magazine. I'm sure right. Cosmo at one point billed itself as mm. fashion. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, a lot of the things you described, like the the dynamic with that, you know, father daughter relationship, and and the and some of yeah. these other character dynamics, like they they seem like things maybe that I would enjoy, or at least I would have at the time. But just having watched that, yeah, yeah you some, didn't get a good sense. Something's not pulling me yeah. in based on the episode like, that we watched later on. Like Dennis marries uh, Rebecca Romaine, like. <laughs> Who is like, a, like, she's not playing Rebecca Romaine, but Rebe Rebecca Romaine's playing like a model, this gorgeous mm -hmm. woman who's like two feet taller than him. And he, like, they get together. So that's like a odd coupling. And then there's like, the well, like, you heard the references to Jack having a much younger daughter. Right. Like, Jack has been married a bunch of times okay. and has a wife that's younger than his daughter, hmm. Maya. And it's like, fine. it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's it's all the stuff that you expect when you kind of go into that world of like a Manhattan magazine thing yeah. with some rich people and then some like artist types. Like it's going to have those kind of dynamics. But yeah. anyway, I feel like it is a bit of a forgotten show. Like I feel like, yeah, like nobody. Oh, it's complete. It would be remembered by people our age and that's yeah. about and that's about it like it's one of those shows i feel like there's like uh just shoot me news radio and suddenly susan <laughs> that are all like kind of similar workplace comedy I'd throw spin city in yeah, there. Yeah, spin city, yeah. yeah where it's like they were popular and people liked them and they were considered you know well like with like they had um actors that were well um reviewed and the writing was well reviewed but they haven't stood the test of time like people are not still talking about them and now. Which is, all, yeah. all, all of the shows you just listed are all shows that i refused to watch at the time <laughs> the 
That's so you funny. never watched News Radio? News nope. Radio is nope. great, actually. News Radio is fucking excellent. News nope. Radio is... We, we should watch yeah. News Radio. News Radio Dave is... Dave Foley. You're a, yeah, you're a, like, you're a Kids still, in the Hall fan? Like, Dave yeah. Foley's the lead. I know, I know. But there's there was something Dave about... Dave Foley, more um, Tierney, yeah. Phil Andy Hartman, Dick is in Andy it. Dick, yeah. Joe, uh, fucking Joe, Joe Rogan. Rogan is in it. Well, but... Yeah. <laughs> It's a great, and, it's great. It's uh, really, yeah, I, it's I don't know really how to explain too. it, but yeah. there's something about a lot of the more like workplace comedies of that time yeah. that just, and even now I watch this, New- I laughed a lot, but there's something that just doesn't quite pull me in about yeah. those kinds of environments. News radio would have been more along the Seinfeld style of humor. Hmm. than It was yeah. definitely more silly, definitely more, uh, yeah, you would have enjoyed the humor yeah, of you think? news radio. Hmm. All right. News radio is legitimately awesome. So at some point, we'll do a uh, a little bonus episode where we'll watch oh, yeah, <laughs> news please. radio. Yeah, absolutely. Phil Hartman was so funny on news yeah. radio. Oh, well, fair enough. I will I will give it a chance yeah. because of Phil Hartman. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. It's, you know, it's really sad because both news radio and Suddenly Susan had cast members that died tragically, like, uh, like Phil Hartman, obviously, and uh, David Strickland from Suddenly Susan hmm. also had a like died. Veronica's Closet. That's the other one we were oh, all forgetting. Oh, Veronica's <laughs> Closet. Oh, yeah. Did- but that show, if you if you even read a little bit about it, it is a bad show. Yeah. Like it, it will not hold up. Like it is problematic. No, it like, wasn't good then. No. <laughs> David Strickland. Yeah, I didn't know. Didn't yeah. know that actor. Well, he, I didn't watch any. Uh, that one, I'm an Aaron. He played on. like the mailroom no, guy. No, I, I didn't see a single episode of Sudden. Oh, season. okay, okay. Hmm. You're I not missing much. What was she before? <laughs> yeah, she was just you know was she, she wasn't Su- Susan yet. Did she, I guess. Guess. did she go? Was she a Susie? Yeah. <laughs> well, this was a fun exercise watching these three different shows. Yeah, I back agree. To back. I had a fun with you guys. Yeah. I enjoyed this. It was, it's interesting looking yeah. at these three shows that all kind of fit that vibe in terms of where they exist in our memories mm-hmm. and then comparing them. Yeah, interesting. Well, you know what time it is. It's time for what you may or may not have all been waiting for, the second annual Twazzy Awards. <laughs> Live. From the living room couch of a rented townhouse in the West End of Toronto, it's the second annual Twuzzy Awards! Please welcome your hosts, Bryn Burney, Aaron Yeager, and Andrew Barry Helmer. There are so many amazing nominees, including, of course, Tony Danza from Hudson Street, Tony Danza from Baby Talk, and of course, who can forget Mickey Rooney and one of the boys? <laughs> All right, let's kick things off. Here is Bryn Burney to present the Completionist Award. Thank you, Aaron. Uh, this award is for a show that we would actually want to finish all the episodes of. And that award goes to Ned and Stacy. Yeah, I agree with that. That winner. That's a good pick. <laughs> now, Barry's going to present our next award. This award goes to the best paranormal character. 
which could be an alien, a ghost, etc. <laughs> and the winner is the girl from Free Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> what was the character's name? Who cares? Aaron? <laughs> All right. And the award for the schlubbiest dad goes to Gene Wilder in Something Wilder. He was schlubby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he wore shorts too much. Ugh. Bryn is up next to present the bowling trophy for best blue collar character or show. Yes, so this prestigious honor goes to a show or a character that uh, really typifies working class Americana. And that goes to basically everyone in Queens uh, from the show Working Girl. And in Working Girl, you might all remember that they substituted uh, pool for bowling. So that's what, you know, made them uh, eligible for this category. Oh, very controversial <laughs> choice. Yes, 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 yes. And here is Barry Helmer to present the award for best set design. And the award for best set design goes to... Everything's Relative. You know, the one with Jason Alexander. It had a big old loft. With those weird columns and pillars and... <laughs> Were they Corinthian? Yeah, levels. So levels. Yeah. And... I'm going to present the Participation Award. This is an award that, of course, goes to a show that basically just showed up and we haven't talked much about since. Last year, it went to Big Wave Dave's. And the winner is... Sibs! <laughs> I don't remember that at all. <laughs> all right. So we now have to get to a category that is a new category for this season. It's the best Vinny. Mm. And that, of course, is, you know, the best version of the Matt LeBlanc character from not one, but two Married with Children spinoffs. And the winner is Vinny Verducci, but Vinny Verducci in Vinny and Bobby. Oh. Oh. A big disappointment for top of the heap fans. Yeah. <laughs> this next award is for the A-lister who leveled up. We had some interesting entrants this year. We had <laughs> George Clooney in Baby Talk. <laughs> we had Hilary Swank in Camp Wilder. And we had the winner of the award, Sandy Bullock for Working Girl. Wow. Well-deserved. Well-deserved. A well-deserved honor. Longtime listener of the show, Sandra Bullock. <laughs> we hear you and we love you. <laughs> now, here's a very important award, the Resilience Award. This is given to a woman who has to put up with a toxic male, something that most of these shows were eligible for. And the winner is Gloria from the show Gloria. Ah, Gloria. Gloria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the men on that show did suck. <laughs> okay, and so for our next category, we have the best Betty White, because there's always a show with Betty White. Yes, every year there <laughs> will be a best Betty White. And this year, the winner of the best Betty White is Betty White 
in maybe this time. Yeah. Because basically she carried that show. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! Woo! And this next award goes to the best everything's relative. Now remember, there were two everything's relatives. (laughs) And the award goes to everything's relative. You know, the the one with uh, Jeffrey Tambor. Not the one with Jason Alexander. The winner is the one without Jason Alexander. (laughs) Yes, that everything's relative is from 1999. This is the first award for 1999's everything's relative. (laughs) (laughs) And the next award goes to the baddest bad adaptation. Now, of course, this was uh, something that we introduced in the second season. Our um, bad adaptations are, of course, sitcoms based on extremely successful feature films. And the twuzzy goes to Ferris Bueller. (laughs) Yeah, that was not a good adaptation. No, it was not. Ferris Bueller was a sociopath in this uh, version. A less likable one, at least. Yeah. Uh, And the next award is another very, very special award. Um, this twuzzy goes to the hunkiest deadbeat. Mm. And this year, I'm happy to present that award to Craig Ferguson in Maybe This Time. Oh, what a hunky deadbeat. Yes. He was was a dreamy, dreamy What a slab of beef. I could listen to him read the Scottish phone book all day. (laughs) Yeah. Just in in a plaid shirt. Slightly unbuttoned with a white undershirt underneath it. Yeah. It's all you need in life. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And now, for a very special treat, joining us live via satellite, still on his book tour, Mr. Anthony Producer. Live via satellite? What are you talking about, kid? It's a Zoom call. Zoom. That's what I said, Zoom. The thing we do when the skip isn't working. Skype. Right, 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 right. So what's with the satellite? Uh, I was just trying to add a little showmanship. You know, when they have presenters who can't make it to the ceremony. Kid, have you ever actually been to an award show? As a matter of fact, I have. Ah, what does all this have to do with this? All right, all right. Just just read the card we sent you. All right. <sighs> this award we call the Mr. Producer Golden Pickle Award. Ha, that's funny. This award is given out to the series that most closely resembles the antics of everyone's favorite 80s producer, Mr. Producer. Hey, that's me. That's you. Open the other envelope. I know what I'm doing. I'm no Lori Petty. What? He means Warren Beatty. Right, right, right. What I say. And the winner is the famous Teddy Z. I remember that one. That was a great little series. It reminds me of the time that See you next season, Mr. P. (laughs) And that concludes the second annual Twuzzy Awards. (laughs) Now, uh, I have a few interesting facts based on the, um, the listenership of our second season episodes. So... Both Everything's Relative episodes have the exact same number of plays as each other. freaky. Also, both Vinnie Verducci, Matt LeBlanc-based Married with Children spinoff episodes 
have the exact same number of plays as each other. Freaky. Well, sure, you left it on a cliffhanger. You gotta come back. (laughs) And there are two other episodes that we released back to back that have the exact same number of plays as each other. But these ones don't have any direct, obvious thematic connection. But can either of you guess which ones? No. I don't even remember the episodes that we did. Well, (laughs) fortuitously to the Participation Award and the Golden Pickle Award, it's the famous Teddy Z and Sibs. Oh, yeah, yeah, those were... You know, it's funny, though, because, like, at least the famous Teddy Z, I, I, I remember a fair bit. I mean, I guess we did rewatch. We did another episode for Christmas. Yeah, we did yeah. a Christmas episode. Um, we've referenced it a lot. We've referenced it a lot. Um, He's the man to see. <laughs> <laughs> what a theme. Yeah, it's wild, like, how just how much we've covered this season. I'm yes. very, you know, it was another really, really fun season. I'm looking forward to more. Uh, and yeah, I mean, thanks, everybody. Like, I hope this was enough fanfare for <laughs> to close out this season. I think it was. I had yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah. This was fun. We've had a lot of laughs. No, don't oh, bring that back. Oh. Good callback. Good callback. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's, that's a first season that, callback. That's yeah. a that's an Easter egg from earlier uh, your earlier episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, thank you everybody out there who's been like tuning in and listening to our takes on these very obscure and random TV shows. Uh, we've really enjoyed bringing you so much content. <laughs> we really appreciate all of you who listen seriously. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's awesome. And I, I appreciate both of you so much. It's such a blast getting together and dishing out. I promised myself I wouldn't cry. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, I would say we will go on some sort of like little mini break so we can prepare even more awesome uh episodes for you all so we will we'll see you soon thank you everybody for listening thanks everybody out there who leaves reviews who sends us emails who comments on our social media posts anybody who sends us recommendations for show picks uh just you know thank you so much for engaging with us uh, by all means, send us uh, more. Keep you it know, coming. Yeah, yeah, leave us voicemails. We will get better about responding to that stuff. <laughs> no, no promises on that. No promises. We love on to hear that. from you. Uh, if you if you enjoy this show, please tell your friends about it. Please rate and review if you haven't already. It really helps us out. Yeah, and if you hate it, like tell your friends keep- about it because they <laughs> might listen to it, and that'll get us some extra listens. So well, right I was on. gonna say keep it to yourselves, but that's no, right. No, uh- I mean. <laughs> It's all gravy. That's <laughs> <laughs> what this said. And on that note, cut to credits. Cut to what credits. Are, credits? What was I supposed to do? You were pointing Just at Just say me. the word credits. <laughs> <laughs> credits. That Was a Show is created and hosted by Bryn Burney, Andrew Barry Helmer, and myself, Aaron Yeager. It's a production of Radio Gizmo in Toronto, Canada. Subscribe, rate, review, and share. Follow us on Instagram and tell your friends about it. That Was a Show? Radio Gizmo.